Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Hey everyone, welcome to part two of my mini-series on cognitive distortions. If you haven't checked out the episode before this, I believe it's episode six, I would recommend that you hit pause on this one and that you go back to that episode. It's called Tricks Your Mind Plays on You, part one. In that episode, I go really in-depth about what cognitive distortions are, why they're so dysfunctional, how we all experience them in different ways, and what the treatment interventions could be for someone who struggles a lot with these types of mind games. You'll get a lot of good information in that episode. Episode one just really lays the foundation for this discussion and also gives you a really good um, recommendation as to kind of what the next steps are if you feel like this is something that you really struggle with and want some additional therapeutic support for. Not only that, but I also go into the first five cognitive distortions, including black and white thinking, also known as all or nothing thinking, and personalization, along with some others that are super common and also really difficult for people to disengage from sometimes. So definitely be sure to check out part one, Tricks Your Mind Plays on You. Again, that's episode six. If you've already checked out episode six, that's awesome. Let's learn a couple more tricks that your mind might be playing on you here. I'll go through five additional cognitive distortions and the same rules apply as the ones I talked about before. The same therapeutic interventions, which would mostly consist of cognitive restructuring. And the same thing also applies in that we all engage in these forms of mind games from time to time. Sometimes we can engage in two at once, go back and forth between a few for a certain scenario, so on and so forth. So let's go on and get to number six. So number six is something that we would call catastrophizing. You may have also heard this one be called magnification. It's called this because this is when you magnify situations or parts of situations to make them seem more important or problematic than they actually are. This is really when you can go down that rabbit hole and think of all the potentially bad or negative things that could happen. For instance, you may think that someone you're talking to, if they didn't text you back, you could get into the cycle of, well, they must not want to talk to me. I must have annoyed them. They must want to cancel our date tomorrow. They must be talking to someone else. Because of this, I'll probably never talk to that person again, and I might as well just give up on dating altogether. I'm probably going to be single for the rest of my life. There's no there's no point in trying to find someone ever again. <clears throat> so with this scenario, or with any scenario where you're catastrophizing, you can really jump from not getting a text message back, for example, to now suddenly there's no point in trying to date anymore ever with anybody else. 
And this is problematic because, again, we increase our negative energies around these things, and therefore we increase the likelihood of this self-fulfilling prophecy taking place. Because let's be real, that needy and downer energy is going to follow you into the date or into the job interview or whatever it is, and it's going to cause issues for you down the line. You also aren't opening yourself up to the other alternate possibilities of what could be going on. So what could be going right, for instance? Um, you're not allowing yourself to just be present and accepting the moment because you're going down, like I said before, that rabbit hole of all the awful possibilities. Number seven, the next one is called minimizing. So similar to the previous one in which we tend to magnify or make worse all of the negatives of situations, sometimes we can actually do the opposite or we may go and do both of them at the same time. So we may minimize the positives of a situation or positives that we brought to the table in some scenario. So if you're in the habit of magnifying negative events, it's likely that you also engage in a lot of minimizing of the positive events as well. And you can imagine if you're engaging in both of these at the same time, it's like a double-edged sword. So this is when you may think something like, yep, my boss told me the other day that I was doing a good job, but it didn't seem that sincere and I still don't believe him. This is obviously problematic because the evidence of the positives is literally right in front of us, but our negative automatic thoughts are making it impossible for us to see it or to take it as the truth. Therefore, we continue to convince ourselves of the negatives while completely dismissing the positives. And as a result, we just end up feeling worse about the situation and ultimately about ourselves. The next one is called overgeneralizing. So this is when you take one negative situation or event and then apply it to all other events or situations like that in the future. Again, this is when you'll hear a lot of someone using all-encompassing phrases like all or never or always. Anytime that you hear those words or you notice yourself using them, that's usually a bad sign. For instance, I know when I'm having a really bad day and I feel really exhausted, sometimes it feels like my resources emotionally are just toast. So when I come home and my son needs something, I'm way more likely to say to my husband something like, I never get to come home and just relax. Everyone always seems to need something. And yes, that is true sometimes. And, and the way that I feel in that moment is legitimate and it's valid, but I'm also totally discounting all of the other times when I do actually get to come home, have support, and get to relax. I'm working entirely off of my illogical mind at that point. I'm going off of pure, raw emotion, and I'm not evaluating the situation more logically or more rationally. The next one is called blaming. So this is the opposite of four um, personalization, which is one that we talked about in part one of the series. So this is when instead of like in personalization, when we take everything personally and assume all of the responsibility for someone or something in a situation, we do the exact opposite. So we externalize that blame onto other people. So blaming is therefore when we turn that entirely around on someone else and we take absolutely no responsibility for what happened and we blame it all on the other person. The difficulty here is that we avoid obviously taking any accountability, which leads to us feeling resentful towards the other person or resentful towards the situation and we fail to look more constructively at the ways that we participated in that situation. And that can obviously have devastating side effects, not just for our own personal growth, but for our relationships with other people as well. 
The last one that I'm going to go over here is called emotional reasoning. And this one is really common in OCD and anxiety disorders. So emotional reasoning is when you incorrectly assume that however you feel must be the truth simply because you feel that way. So for instance, if you feel scared, you assume that this must mean that something bad is happening or that something bad is about to happen. And if you're on a plane, for instance, you may start to feel anxious physically and you therefore then have to, you have racing thoughts, you may jump to the totally unrealistic conclusion that therefore this means that we're most definitely 100% going to get in a plane crash. You basically feel hopeless during this cognitive distortion because you believe that the situation itself is actually hopeless. So that's it for the top 10, what I think are the most common cognitive distortions. And again, as I mentioned in part one of this mini series, the therapeutic intervention here is most likely going to involve some level or form of cognitive restructuring. If you need more information on that or just a refresher, definitely go back to episode six for that. And as always, if you feel like this is something that you need to go a little bit deeper with, I always recommend finding a mental health provider who can help you professionally and more personally. There are a lot of good resources in my show notes as well. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay vigilant for these cognitive distortions. They are pretty tricky. These little tricks that your mind are playing on you can just be really dysfunctional. And again, it's something that we all do from time to time. Overall, just be sure that you're checking the facts when you can. Be sure that you are along the lines of that cognitive restructuring. Be sure that you're really trying to evaluate both sides of the situation. So you are going to have evidence in favor of those negative thoughts. You're also, if you dig a little bit deeper, going to have some evidence or at least be able to come up with some evidence in favor against the thought. So be sure that you are trying to think about the evidence in favor of both sides of the situation and then try to come up with a more balanced or more neutral just acceptance of the situation, a more balanced and neutral reflection of the situation as it is once you've weighed both of those two scenarios. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and so much more. Also, be sure to check me out on Instagram at jenna.overball. And while you're here, tune in to some other episodes on the podcast while you're at it. And as always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other women and people in general who really need these resources and, and this information who otherwise may not get it. So with that said, thank you guys again so much for tuning in. I absolutely love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.